Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma the Job Let's Seekers Grandma Podcast. Job this podcast is powered by Let's Eat Grandma Resume Services, where I'm an owner slash investor. So there's an old joke behind the name Let's Eat Grandma saying that if you take the comma out of Let's Eat Grandma, you would like to eat your grandmother versus including the comma. It means a completely different thing. It's that you would like to eat with your grandmother. So do not forget those commas. They can save lives. And we are firm believers in the power of punctuation. Let's see Grandma's helped in the past three years, hundreds and hundreds of clients in all different industries land better positions. The company actually rewrites your resume, LinkedIn profile, cover letter, you name it, to increase your chances of landing that coveted position. Let's see Grandma has existed for about three years, and they have a handful of reviews that really have impressed me over the time. Uh, the first one being, I don't know if you remember me, but I am the little old lady that needed help with a resume when Phoenix Beverage was bought out and I needed to hit the unemployment line. Success has been achieved. I start on the 26th of this month with TriTech Communications. They have three offices in Maryland, Boston, and New York. I got my foot in the door, now watch me go. Jonathan from New York says, if you're looking for an honest company that truly does what they say, this is the company you want to work with. I went from getting no calls at all to landing my dream job. Within the first few days, I heard back from a company I have been trying to get in touch with for almost two years. Thank you so much for all your help. So check out Let's See Grandma if you are looking to get your resume revamped. For listening to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first order. Just go to letseatgrandma.com, order any one of the main three packages. So that's the starter package, accelerated package, and premium package, and enter the code podcast when checking out. Welcome to our second podcast, Navigating the Turbulence of Career Changes. Listen to this podcast, and I promise you we'll touch upon the emotional challenges of changing careers. That includes desperation, anxiety, loneliness, what have you, um, as well as how to overcome these emotions. We're also going to touch upon the logistics of a career transition and what it takes to be successful during that big change. And uh, so for this podcast, we have who I would consider to be one of the true leaders within the realm of career coaching. Her name is Clara Chorley. She is a career coach, consultant, professional speaker, humanitarian, entrepreneur, and self-proclaimed insatiable explorer. Clara's worked and traveled through 44 different countries and five different continents with organizations as diverse as Ernst & Young and also the humanitarian nonprofit Millennium Village Project in Africa. One of the main reasons I was extremely excited to have Clara speak is that she's founded her own business called Clarity Unlimited. Uh, this business helps professionals find jobs and build businesses that fulfill them so that they can have the impact they want with their lives. The super amazing thing I think that Claire has to offer is that she's been through more than 10 careers herself, uh, which I just find to be mind-blowing. Um, so her thing is she helps professionals uh, do such career changes in much less time. So if you find yourself agreeing with any of the following statements, this podcast is just for you. So you cannot settle on a career direction or a job to pursue. Perhaps your motivation is low and you're unsure about how to get moving again. Or perhaps you just need a dose of inspiration, energy, and positivity. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. Clara, we are excited to hear from you. Hey, Clara, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. I am doing good, better than ever. Just um, enjoying the really <laughs> sunny weather here in Austin, Texas. It's like the perfect 66 degrees, so I can't complain one bit. Wow. You even know the numbers. That's impressive. I, I check the numbers every day on my iPhone. So absolutely. <laughs> um, you're okay. So where are you? You're in, you're in California. I'm in sunny Marin, which is just North over the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay. And the temperature is nice over there too, I'm assuming. I don't know. It looks nice. It's been <laughs> raining for about three days solidly, but I, unlike you, do not look at what the numbers are. So as you all know, um, I did have the pleasure of working with Clara at the Job Seekers Conference in 2017. Um, she did uh, such an amazing job talking about kind of getting clarity um, of mind um, when looking at your, your job search and working with your career. So um, as I mentioned earlier, this podcast is going to be focused on how to deal with a career transition uh, because so many of you I know in this day and age are changing jobs for whatever reason. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of dive into Clara's story um, and her um, situation as she transitioned through jobs. Um, and then we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty, the actual advice for job seekers. Um, so Clara, let's hear from you and um, what your first job transition was like. Thanks, Chris. Um, so I think probably like many people that are listening to this, I made it through school and uh, was meant to follow this certain track. You know, I was meant to know what I was going to do in university. And then after that, I would use that qualification to get hired. And somewhere around there, I'd find somebody to marry and, you know, have a couple of kids and then work very hard and climb this invisible ladder and then retire and finally travel. Mm. And but when I got to the end of my school days, me, like most people, hadn't got a clue what I wanted to do. I like, literally had no clue. And I would sit in the career counselor's office and they would show me this list of, you can be an attorney, you can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor or a nurse or a secretary, all this stuff. And none of it, none of it landed for me. And I didn't know why. And nobody was offering me anything entrepreneurial. So the first few jobs, um, like I sold health, I sold life insurance. I was a very dodgy life insurance salesperson and uh, did administrative work and sold like tickets to raise money for charity and just did these sort of, worked in retail. But it was all really just to get money so I could survive, get out of the house, move to London because I was living in, I grew up in Birmingham in England, Mm -hmm. which is about a hundred miles north of London. So my career was this just jumping around from thing to thing because I didn't have the tolerance to stay in something when I ended up hating the boss or um, not enjoying the work I was doing or feeling like I was destined for something so much more and didn't know what it was, but just had this incredible intolerance. Um, So I bounced around because of that, not because I had any plan or any, you know, and sort of, and every now and then I'd up and go and get on a plane and, go somewhere like Vietnam or Cambodia or India or Romania, but anywhere where there was sort of suffering, like developing parts of the planet. I seemed to be really drawn there, but I just thought it was holiday stuff. I didn't take it very seriously. I I knew when I came back, I didn't really want to come back into the persona of now I'm a working woman. Um, But over the years, Chris, I think 
something must have pushed me in the direction of moving towards coaching and team building and working with people. And I remember that the big turning point happened in, in Rwanda a few years ago. And I, I arrived there, but this is over a decade ago. Okay. And I arrived there and got hired and did this huge project. And that for me was a, oh, okay, look at what I'm capable of. Came back from there, worked at Ernst & Young, did team building and um, development coaching. And, um, and then started my business. So when you talk about uh, your work in Rwanda, was that with the Millennium Village project? Yes, that was the Millennium Village project. I was in the country for three weeks and I happened to meet the right person. And I went to Rwanda on an intuitive feeling and that was it. Gosh, I can imagine. So that was for you, that was your, your really big turning point, um, kind of your, your moment where you had that, that big aha, like I'm going to, to, to make this pivot in my life. That was the turning point of, oh, wow, I really am. Care. I mean, we were overseeing 50,000 people living rurally and looking at their health services, their education, their um, agriculture, food sources, microfinance, how were they making money and working with the community. And I was doing the planning, the strategy and some of the operations to raise these villages out of poverty. And it was massive. That's amazing. And when, you, and when you stumble on something like that in life, it changes you because you can't lie to yourself anymore about being small or not being capable or, you know, whatever else it was I was telling myself. Mm -hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't hold those anymore. Uh, that, that is just truly amazing. And I kind of want to talk about um, kind of moving to, were there any doubts kind of at that, at that point where you figured this may not be the right move or were you just so gung-ho at that moment that you, you, there was no turning back? Um, so th there's a bigger question in there that I'd like to respond to. Sure. <laughs> and that is sometimes we're not ready for what we want. When a career transition shows up in our lives, usually it means something wasn't working where we were. We gave up something that was important to us, some value that we had, we gave up. Um, and that can show up in all kinds of ways. It can be willingness to be treated in a way that didn't feel good. It could be doing work that wasn't satisfying, you know, whatever it was. So a transition is, is somewhere in us. It's our soul in some way saying, okay, it's time for a change. Now, I kind of, the Rwanda thing for me, I sort of tripped on it, right? I was like, oh, yeah, intuition says go here. So off I went. <laughs> and I did that. And I lived out there for seven months. And oh God. it was emotionally, I was a disaster zone. I wasn't ready for it. Okay. So I'd landed in the perfect opportunity, but I wasn't ready for it. So I came back and I've spent the last decade sort of consciously and not so consciously preparing myself to go back and redo Africa in a different way because now my soul is ready. I'm ready. I'm emotionally, mentally, spiritually ready, but I wasn't back then. Um, and I think when it comes to transition, like it's, it's so important for people to really have a sense of patience with their own process and a sense of appreciation for where they are in their lives. And a sense of curiosity of what might be opening up, what possibilities can open up. 
And it doesn't have to be like, oh, there was this dream that I've always had and now I can go and pursue it. It doesn't have to be that. It can just be, oh, gosh, I want to, I don't know, there's something about this area of technology that interests me. Or I just want to get up and I want to do yoga every morning. Like wherever the impulses are, you know, you follow the impulses. You follow where the energy is in your life. And then ultimately it'll lead you somewhere. I absolutely believe that. And um, I know you and I, we, we spoke uh, when we met, you know, before the conference, but you kind of know my story. I um, worked as a, a restaurant manager um, in New York City, and I, I really did like what I was doing. Um, and like for me, you know, I got to go to work every day. I got to talk to, I don't know, like dozens and dozens of people about, you know, their situations and really help them. But, you know, for me, I, I felt like there was really kind of that deeper calling um, and it didn't really excite me. Uh, to get up and go to work every day. And um, I mean, my, I never want to complain about my bosses and my bo- past bosses. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I, I hope you know how much <laughs> I really enjoyed working there. Um, but uh, for me, like making the leap to um, really, you know, run my own business full time, I think was really going to be the right choice. And um, it really hasn't been easy. And emotionally, it's been um, it's been very hard. Um, it's gotten easier over, um, I'd say the last couple of years, but, um, there is part of me that I felt like I was leaving behind, you know, like you said earlier. And, um, so that was kind of part of it. So, um, I did kind of want to transition to kind of the, the emotional side of, uh, the career transition and we've touched upon it a little bit, but what do you think are the biggest things from an emotional perspective that job seekers need to deal with when they're changing careers? Well, I think you just, you just alluded to, to one of them. And that is, um, the hardest part of transition is being in this sort of middle place and the middle places, you're not in the old anymore, but you're not yet in the new. Mm. And it's just this zone of confusion and disruption. Um, so it's a, so that can be very, very difficult because, and, and depending on your relationship with uncertainty will somewhat determine how difficult it is for you. So if you really don't like the unknown, this is going to be a very difficult place. If you kind of flow in the unknown, you're like, I'm fine, I'm intuitive, it all feels okay, then you're the other end of the spectrum. But in that process, there's a letting go and a leaving, like you just said, of parts of yourself behind, right? Mm-hmm. And a welcoming in potentially of parts that, of yourself that haven't, you haven't had access to before. So saying goodbye is really important. Like mourning the loss, the old, honoring the ending, the completion that has just happened. Even if you're still sitting at your job right. and you know you're done, you can start in that process and you can do it through journaling. You can do it through speaking to somebody. You know, there's all you can read books. There's a great, there's some great books out there on transition. Actually, there's only one good book out there on transition, and I wish I'd written it by a guy called Bridges. Um, you have written some books though before, so I have, yeah. I have, but not about this sort of emotional, you know. Right. Even though I, I probably will at some point because it's at the heart of, it's at the heart of everything I do. So when you're in the middle period, um, it's sort of like. You know when you have a field and you clean out all the field, right? All the, you take all the weeds out of the field and then you take some seeds and you plant the seeds in the field. Mm-hmm. That middle period is when the seeds are growing. 
So you can't see it yet. You can't, you, you don't know what the crop is that you're going to be reaping, sure. but something is growing inside of you and it takes patience and awareness to allow that. And that's the hardest time. It's the hardest time because people don't want to feel a certain way. You know, right. we all want to feel good. Maybe we're comfortable with anger. Maybe we're comfortable with a bit of sadness, but this disruption that happens. It's even on an energetic level. I know I'm getting very California woo woo, but, <laughs> but the, the, the sensations and the feelings of the middle period are, are very, very difficult. And it can be quite confronting because it's like, I don't know. Not only do I not know who, what I want, but I don't really know who I am at this point. Right. So it's a fabulous time to not only release the old, but start to welcome in the new, like allow yourself to start to dream. And the best way that you can dream is to imagine how you want to feel rather than stating exactly, I want this kind of job and I want to be uh, at this kind of level and I want this kind of pay. And, you know, that becomes important at some point. Right. But there's also, how do I want to feel in my life? Okay, I want to feel strong. I want to feel like I'm at capacity. I want to feel like I'm growing. I want to feel like I'm appreciated. I didn't have that in my last position. I want to feel like I'm making a difference in the world. Most people that are going through some kind of transition are wanting to move to a position where they're giving more, that their, their work, their life is making a difference. Usually that's, mm -hmm. I see a lot of that. So, um, yeah. And then I talk about lone wolfing. You remember me talking about lone wolf? Yes. I remember the whole lone wolf, muddy mind, all of that. You could, yeah. I would love if you um, brought that up again. I think that'd be perfect for this podcast. Yeah. So lone wolfing. So there's a difference between the lone wolf. It's like, yes, I am strong and powerful and I got this and I can rule the world and I don't need anybody. I'm not talking about that sort of romantic idea of lone wolf. I'm talking about the lone wolfing that happens when you're in this middle weird transition period, whether you're in a job, especially if you're out of a job, happens to people are more vulnerable to it when they don't have work and they start to slowly slowly withdraw from their community and their friends from their networks often because of feeling you know maybe some shame right. or just i don't want to talk to people about this anymore i'm sick of hearing it they're sick of hearing it and there's this withdrawing that happens and that's the worst thing you can do when you're going through transition <laughs> Like you really want to sort of go, okay, I'm not going to let myself do this. And it may be, you know, because part of transition as well is often we end up walking away from people that yes. don't fit anymore. So sometimes, you know, you're in the middle of this change and you also feel the most alone because you don't want to talk to the people that you've known before. Mm -hmm. But lone wolfing is, is not helpful. We know that I mean, there's been a bunch of studies done on this and what it does to us emotionally and in our brains, you know, what positive, trustworthy connections with other human beings, how people who have that are more resilient. They're less likely to suffer from stress and, you know, depression and all those other insomnia, things like that. So you've got to, you know, you really want to get yourself out and get yourself connected. Um, and if you don't that. have those people, go to, go to some groups, you know, people who share things you like to do, like painting or hiking or yeah. whatever, find them. I, I, the reason I love that advice so much is because it resonates with me. Um, in fact, I, when you said lone wolf thing, I, I knew, you know, to the core that that was me at one point. 
And because uh, I, you know, I went from, like I said, speaking with dozens of people a day, you know, serving them, making sure that they got the food and drink experience that they wanted um, to running this business um, and feeling like I knew nobody who else was doing the same exact thing as I was. Because, you know, they say being an entrepreneur can be one of the loneliest, um, loneliest things out there. So um, for me, I felt like it was almost the same sort of situation. I was kind of just sort of cooped up in my apartment, you know, not really connecting with anyone, just trying to do whatever I could to, to make this business run as, as, as well as possible. Um, but like the second I started, and this is, this is quite recently for me, but the second I started going out, connecting with other people, you know, meetup.com um, has been a great resource for me. Um, even working in a space uh, with other people who are doing in the same, uh, same thing as me has made a tremendous difference. So, um, I love that advice. I feel like the energy is, is completely different, um, when you're connecting with other people. So, um, Crispy and is no longer a lone wolf and that's <laughs> why I appreciate that piece of advice there. Excellent. Well done. Well done for shaking your lone wolfness. <laughs> Wolves are cool though. It's, it's probably one of my favorite, they're probably one of my favorite animals. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's got a lot of the masculine archetype energy in it as well. So oh, yeah. that makes Absolutely. sense that you'd like it. So Claire, what, so let's kind of talk about the, the, the struggle additionally, kind of the, the emotions. Um, I do want to hear some more additional stories here. So I'll let you dive right into it. Okay. I wanted to mention, so we've got lone wolf. And then another mistake that I see are called horror stories. And horror stories is, is a really big off people in career transition because you're in that sort of no man's land and there's a lot that's unclear. It, your, your vulnerabilities are going to surface. And what that means is this is often a very ripe time for people to talk to themselves and run stories about who they are and what they're capable of and not being good enough and never mm -hmm. getting where they want to go. And, you know, that stuff can run rampant inside your system. Um, and it can also create desperation. And what desperation looks like when you're in transition is I just want to get a job, any job, just get oh me hired. God, yeah. And when people do that, they end up as a client of mine did um, in positions that end up being a wrong fit for them. And the price of that over time can be quite a kick to your confidence if you end up working with the wrong people, for example. Because it's not just about the work you do. The people you work with make you successful at the work. You have to have both. So the horror stories um, element is very, very important. And I say to people who are, especially if you're job seeking right now and you're going through interviews and you're doing cover letters, employers want people who are energized and passionate and excited about the job because they're not interested in high turnover. So when you're writing your cover letter, you should only be going for jobs that you actually want, jobs that really excite you or excite you. They don't have to really excite you, but they excite you, right? You're energized by the idea of doing them. And then you write in your cover letter and you sort of put that energy in there and you, when you communicate that way, your chances of getting interviews and getting second interviews and getting hired exponentially increases. But you've got to watch for the horror stories because they create this slow burn, which is another mistake, mm -hmm. of just depressing the system and losing motivation over time, which statistically happens as about three months people start to lose energy. At about six months, there's some 
people are finding it hard to get out of bed. And at 12 months, there's an adaptation that's happening, which could be positive. Some people start volunteering or negative, which is sort of this, this is apathy that kicks in. So maintaining your motivation means choosing quality opportunities to go for and being very aware of how you're speaking to yourself and practicing kindness with yourself as you, um, as you go through the process. So that's perfect. And that's also a really good segue into the next question I had for you. It's like when you're, when you're kind of deciding where you want to head next, which I know is a pain for a lot of people, you know, is there a good, um, is there necessarily a um, optimal first step that you would recommend for people who are trying to figure out where they want to go? Um, that's going to give them that motivation to wake up every single day um, and to make them happy. No. <laughs> there is no cookie cutter answer. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's exactly what I was hoping. <laughs> it's so no. it's so great. No. Nope. <laughs> it's so different. It's so different for everybody. Sure. You know, like if you've got something that makes you feel good. So for example, let me see. I have a client who loves tennis loves tennis hadn't played for years and years and years and started going out and playing tennis and her energy is totally shifted and she can get herself to go do that that's easy that feels really good to her so right. anything that anything causes you to feel really good go do it go do it in terms of making sense it makes sense that you have a clearer sense of where you're going before you get your resume done right chris exactly exactly it makes sense that you understand some depth about the organization you're applying for before you write your cover letter. It makes sense that you, if you're going to apply, you, you apply from a place where you feel strong and you feel good. Um, but there's no, yeah. So I mean, ideally you get clear about where you want to go and if you can't figure it out on your own, look online for some exercises. And if you can't figure it out through some exercises, I have a process called matrix. Sometimes I do matrix sessions with people that are individual rather than, you know, part of a coaching package. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, it doesn't have to be me. It could be just get help. If you're really struggling with knowing where you want to go next, but you feel like there's some place inside of you, you need some support figuring out what that is. Get help. Don't be shy. Exactly. Don't be shy about us. Don't be shy about asking for directions. And I think that's, it's really beautiful working in this industry um, with helping people in job transition because um, it's really, it's, it's humbling on, on many accounts because you have these, um, you know, a lot of the times people who are in charge of tons of people, these executives, you know, people who are in charge of making all the decisions, people who, people who professionals will turn to um, for that leadership. And then they have to turn right around and say, you know, hey, I'm vulnerable. Now I need help with my transition. So, you know, I encourage those people to do the same thing like you're, like you're saying is not be afraid to ask for help um, because, you know, really in the end, um, I think professionals like us are really there um, to, to boost success in every possible way. So um, I just wanted to take the last few minutes here to um, ask you to talk a little bit about Clarity Unlimited. Um, the, business that you founded to help professionals um, and how they might be able to contact you? Um, the easiest way to contact me is through my website, which is www.clarityunlimited.com. And 
I'm in my own transition right now. I'm actually moving to Senegal in about five weeks. Gulp. Oh, that's right. Thank you. So this loops back to preparation, readiness for whatever is, if something's calling you. Not everybody gets a calling, um, but everybody has a passion. Everybody has a, something that resonates that they want. So I'm committed to to supporting people through these kind of transitions and definitely through the, the muddy, the muddy mind and the muddy heart and the, you know, this sort of middle period is where I specialize because most people are going through that for a reason. And most people are good people. Mm-hmm. And I know, I think it's similar for you, Chris, right? Like if we help people to get clear and move forwards in their work and their lives, then we're making the world a little bit better. And I know that can sound very cheesy, but I'm sort of committed to that. Yes. I, I, cheesy things come out of my mouth like twice <laughs> an hour. So, but I really mean them. Like I know, because I know they're true. So no, <laughs> no harm, no foul. Yeah. Yeah. So Clarity Unlimited is my way of, um, of giving back, um, to yeah usually professionals executives and i only offer one thing which is coaching um mostly because i'm going to have work in africa probably along program management lines um so there needs to be space for that so i just do i just do one-on-one coaching i really enjoy that and people can go to my website and you can read and you can book a time to talk to me um for about 60 minutes we get to know each other and see if it's a match or you can email if you've got some specific questions. And on there, I think also there's access to the book. Like if you want a st- an, e- an easy starting place, I've got, I wrote a book called Turn, Four Steps to Clarity in Your Career. And it's a bit of a workbook. So um, people have found that quite eye-opening. Absolutely. And I just, I just love the play on of your name, Claire and Clarity. I think that's, that's the most genius thing I've heard. Um, I, I like it more than let's see grandma. That's my business So I wish, I wish I could find Chris, like some way to integrate that into my own, but it's, it's, it's not possible as of now. So. And I didn't even try. <laughs> it just came to <laughs> Oh yeah. It was total accident because my whole life's been about clarity because I found that if I was clear with my communication, clear with my self-awareness, clear with what I wanted, what I needed, clear with others, that I could let go of a ton of stories, a ton of stuff that was really bogging me down. So Clarity's kind of been my, you know, wrapped its arms around me and brought me out of some dark, dark places. So yeah, it's total fluke. (laughs) That's awesome. If there is such a thing, yeah. That's amazing. And for everyone listening, I am going to include a link to uh, how you can actually get that consultation with Clara. Um, It's gonna be right on this description of the podcast below. Um, so if you need that, uh, just check that out. Uh, but anyway, Claire, I wanted to take, uh, take the time to thank you for doing this podcast with me. I think you're just, um, you're one of my favorite people to speak with. So I think it was just a solid, solid, um, I think opportunity just to, to kind of pick your brain. Um, so thank you. And I wish you the best of luck with your transition coming up. I think it's, I think there's no, nothing more exciting than moving abroad. I think that's just Hmm. incredible. So. Yes, agree. Just have to work with the time zone. It's yeah, I'm thrilled. And thank you, Chris, for your well wishes and thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Cool. All right, everyone, this wraps up the second podcast of the Job Seekers. Hope you found this to be useful and that's a wrap.
This podcast is powered by Let's Eat Grandma Resume Services, where I'm an owner slash investor. So there's an old joke behind the name Let's Eat Grandma saying that if you take the comma out of Let's Eat Grandma, you would like to eat your grandmother versus including the comma. It means a completely different thing. It's that you would like to eat with your grandmother. So do not forget those commas. They can save lives. And we are firm believers in the power of punctuation. Let's Eat Grandma's helped in the past three years, hundreds and hundreds of clients in all different industries land better positions. The company actually rewrites your resume, LinkedIn profile, cover letter, you name it, to increase your chances of landing that coveted position. Let's Eat Grandma has existed for about three years and they have a handful of reviews that really have impressed me over the time. Uh, the first one being, I don't know if you remember me, but I am the little old lady that needed help with a resume when Phoenix Beverage was bought out and I needed to hit the unemployment line. Success has been achieved. I start on the 26th of this month with TriTech Communications. They have three offices in Maryland, Boston, and New York. I got my foot in the door, now watch me go. Jonathan from New York says, if you're looking for an honest company that truly does what they say, this is the company you wanna work with. I went from getting no calls at all to landing my dream job. Within the first few days, I heard back from a company I have been trying to get in touch with for almost two years. Thank you so much for all your help. So check out Let's Eat Grandma if you are looking to get your resume revamped. For listening to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first order. Just go to letseatgrandma.com, order any one of the main three packages. So that's the starter package, accelerated package, and premium package, and enter the code podcast when checking out.